It took me forever to get out of bed this morning. A big portion of that is because last night I was out celebrating with a lot of friends and, and co-workers, and we went out and had quite a few beers. We had quite a few old fashions, uh, and the night went late. And uh, you have been here before, right? Like after a night of partying or after a night of fun. That next morning, thankfully it's a Saturday, but that next morning, it is so difficult just to open your eyes. The idea of opening the blinds and letting the sun in is the worst. So I get up first, because Gina's still asleep. And I know how hard it's going to be for her because she was out there with me all night. So I head into the kitchen, my stomach growling, looking for a way to sort of satiate this urge, this need that my body is telling me that I have. The only way to sort of cure how I'm feeling is copious amounts of grease, some meat, some fat, some cheese, some texture. That's what I want. That's what I need. And I know how great it is to wake up to the smell of those things, to wake up to the smell of bacon crisping in a pan, to wake up to the smell of cheese and eggs. And uh, I want to do that for Gina. Because I know how hard it's going to be for her to get up because I just went through it. Why am I doing this? Because I love her, man. And I would do this for any of my friends. I would do this for anybody that was in the same situation. And the best way to show love is with food. I've always believed this. And my favorite vessel of love is the sandwich. And so I want to welcome you to an experiment that we're doing here to level the process. This is a, a new segment, a new series that I'm calling Love Sandwich. So what is Love Sandwich? Um, the idea is this. Like any great song, and you're listening to an amazing track from Mitch Murder right now, but like any great song, I feel like a great meal is a timestamp. It's a capture. It's a, it's a capsule for that moment that you had when you shared that meal with somebody. Or you went out and you had like that amazing hot dog at a, at a baseball game or 
when you were a kid, your parents sent you off to school and they packed that awesome lunch that looked different than everybody else's. <laughs> that was mine. I would always unpack uh, like a leftover meatloaf sandwich or uh, some sort of grilled cheese or sausage sandwich that my dad would make from the meals that we had that weekend. So Monday lunches were the best, were the best. Um, and what's great about food is that uh, it's, like I said before, it's the ultimate way to show someone you care. Have you ever noticed how much better a dish tastes when someone actually takes the time to make it and do a really good fucking job at it? You know, if you sit and watch someone make you a meal and you see the attention, the detail they have, how, how tight they cut the chives, like their whole procedure and process, like I unwrap the cheese first, I leave it on the plate and I bring this thing over. And just to be able to sit there and watch someone make you a meal, it just tastes so much better. And it, they don't have to be a culinary genius. You don't have to have an understanding of flavors. You can just make somebody a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm convinced a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes better if you spend the time and spread the peanut butter to every side of that. There isn't a bare spot on that side of bread. Same thing with the jelly. You go from every fucking corner and you take the time. And maybe you're a child <laughs> and you like your crust cut off. So, okay, the person that's making you that sandwich loves you enough to know that that's part of the deal. Uh, I would also challenge that that person would challenge your likes because they love you enough to be like well try this bread with this with this crust because it's really good but you know okay got it so we'll cut off the crust for you put together a sandwich cut it in half and serve it to you on a plate when you take that first bite what you're biting into is all the love that was put into that simple thing and i think it's important that we talk about this stuff. And the reason why it's a part of my show, obviously, is that I'm a food nerd. You guys know this. This is what I do in the interim for making movies. I like to make meals for people. It makes me happy. I find that every meal that I make is like a mini movie. It's the same technique, same process as making a film, but you do it on a smaller scale and you get the rewards a lot quicker. I love it. I really do. And I love food. I love having food made for me. Um, because I come from a family that that's what we did. That was the most important part of hangouts of every day. Whenever we went on vacation, it wasn't like, where are we going to go zip lining? You know, what crazy kind of uh, excursions are we going to go on? It was like, where are we going to eat? What's the food like there? Is there a restaurant that we're going to go to? Are we going to cook our own meals? I love that stuff. I really, really do. And so what I want to do with this segment is we're going to talk about my favorite, but very self-contained little piece of love, and which I think also is the, the most versatile and the most perfect food out there, which is the sandwich. And I know that's a controversial statement. I know that there's a bunch of people that are like, I don't know, Mike, prove it. Well, we will on the show. And so what I've done is uh, when I've recorded prior episodes, so I've been doing this for a little while. I've had quite a few guests do an extra segment at the end of the recording of our standard podcast, which is in love with the process. So at the end, I go, let's do a love sandwich segment and take me down memory lane to one of your favorite sandwiches, one of the best sandwiches you've ever had, a sandwich that emotionally connects you to something and some sort of memory. 
And I've got some really great stories and I can't wait to start to roll those out and release those as a new part of this. Um, and I think the best way to start this whole love sandwich is what we're calling it. So start this whole love sandwich segment is by telling you about the sandwich that I make the best. Now, I'm known for my breakfast sandwiches from my friends, from my girlfriends that I've had in the past, my current girlfriend, Jeannie's going to hate the fact that I said that, <laughs> and from uh, family and folks that just come and hang out. If you come and be a part of our parties or be a part of our work experience or be a part of our family and you spend the night, the next morning, chances are I'm up and I'm making you a breakfast sandwich. Now, here's, here's what I love about breakfast sandwiches. They can be literally anything. And my favorite ones to do generally are completely off the whim. They're just very much based upon whatever's left in the fridge, whatever we have kicking around, whatever kind of stuff I have in the cupboard, whatever we had for dinner last night, all that stuff comes into play. It's like the Picasso of cooking. I love it where you're just mixing items and you're looking at flavors and tasting flavors and you're trying to make it work. It's very experimental. It's very cool. It's very fun. And what I'd like to try to do by the end of this segment is get you curious about making great breakfast sandwiches. Now, how many of you love sandwiches and breakfast sandwiches? I know you do because there's a fucking line out of Dunkin' Donuts for every East Coaster that's listening to this and they're getting some bullshit sausage, egg, and cheese on a fucking bagel. That's part of it, man. Anytime that I worked on a crew, anytime that I was painting houses or working as a landscaper, that's what we did. That's how we started the morning. Everybody would pick up some sugar-fueled fucking coffee, and you'd end up getting some sort of sausage, egg, and cheese. That was the move. And uh, I've sort of uh, put myself on a, a pedestal by saying that I didn't get McDonald's sausage, egg, and cheese. And I know that there's so many of you that are going to give me shit right now, but fuck McDonald's sausage, egg, and cheese. They're disgusting. They're gross. And fuck Dunkin' Donuts sausage, egg, and cheese because they're disgusting and they're gross. And look at Mike destroying any sort of chances that he has for sponsorships from those companies, but fine. <laughs> uh, because it's so easy to do. It's so simple to make. It's so fast to make on your own as long as you make sure that you have simple ingredients consistently in your cupboard. Now, you can get as fancy as you want. You can get as cheap as you want. It doesn't matter. This same thing works for folks that make a lot of money and folks that don't make a lot of money. It's really just about understanding the process of making a great breakfast sandwich and knowing, knowing what it is that you like about a breakfast sandwich, what it is that you like about flavors, and you can make it amazing. Like, literally, the simplest thing you can do is go buy the cheapest bread that exists out there, right? If you get yourself some sort of white bread, or you buy yourself some really cheap English muffins, or you buy yourself day-old or week-old, week-old would be moldy, but day-old bread from some spot discounted, get yourself some eggs and get yourself some cheese. And believe it or not, no matter what level of uh, breakfast sandwich that I make, whether it's high end or low end, I'm always using the same cheap cheese because there's something about American cheese and the way that it spreads across your tongue when you bite into a sandwich that elevates everything. So 
I don't want to hear the excuse of, I don't have any money, because you can do this. If you have enough money to go blow, how much is it for a breakfast sandwich right now at McDonald's? They're very expensive for what it is that you're getting. Fast food, especially out here in California, is incredibly expensive right now for what it is that you're getting for stuff. And so if you take what you would spend all week on breakfast sandwiches from the same spot and you buy the supplies for what you need and literally give yourself 10 minutes before you leave the house, uh, you when you get in the truck with those other guys that you're going to go paint houses with, they're going to be fucking drooling over what you bring in. A steaming uh, pile of egg and toasted bread and melted cheese. And if you really want to earn some brownie points with your boss, the guy that's on set, the dudes that you're going to be working with all day, make a few extra. They'll love you for it. Next thing you know, your boss may be even kicking you extra cash to make breakfast sandwiches before you go paint houses in the morning. It's a great way to suck up. <laughs> okay, so, excuse me as I drink. Um, <clears throat> that's water, by the way. Um, okay, so the essentials, right? So let's start with the essentials. For me, it's all about what kind of bread you like. Now, I, these days, have been really enjoying getting like a sourdough, getting a very uh, uh, like soft, flaky interior kind of bread, which I like with a hard crust. Um, but I've done, like I said, epic sandwiches with bagels. I've done epic sandwiches um, with English muffins. Uh, I've done epic sandwiches in wraps. You can do the same thing if you get like a lavish bread. You know, us being out here in fucking uh, like little Armenia, there's tons of uh, lavish breads or wraps. You can do it any way you want. But just think about what it is that you like about biting into a breakfast sandwich. Do you like uh, taking a bite and having the bread bounce back, right? Do you like crunching through it? Uh, it's over toasted and it just tears the roof of your mouth apart and then all the hot grease gets in there. Obviously, I don't like that. Um, or do you just like simplicity? right? There's something really cool and simplistic about white bread that's slightly toasted. So I always start with the bread, right? Are you someone that can do eggs? Most people can, a lot of people don't. There's a lot of really great sort of vegan options for eggs out there. I know Gina uses one. I don't know if it's called like just eggs or something. I could figure it out, but she's got one in the fridge every once in a while that she doesn't want to have eggs. Those work too, right? You're looking for your protein. You're looking for your eggs, then it's all about the cheese. Can you do dairy? Can you not do dairy? Hopefully you can do dairy because fucking cheese is delicious. It's delicious. It's probably going to be the reason why my cholesterol kills me. Cheese is delicious. All sorts of different types of cheese. I like to mix cheeses when I make a fancy sandwich, but doesn't mean you have to. Like I said, the old singly wrapped American cheese, peel the plastic off, works perfectly every time. And it doesn't matter even if I have some fancy cheeses, because we did a charcuterie board the night before and they're just kicking around in the fridge, even if I put fucking brie or if I put like a pepper jack or if I put like a cheddar down on that sandwich, I'm always covering it with a slice of that American cheese because that texture is the reason why you think the McDonald's breakfast sandwiches and the fucking Dunkin' Donuts fucking uh, breakfast sandwiches are so delicious. I, that's the last time I'm mentioning those companies' names on this episode. FYI, Michael. So, um, what cheese do you got? 
And, the, you know, there are some okay options out there for vegan cheeses, right? The stuff that's built on cashews and that kind of thing. Some of them are built to melt. I think there's one specific brand out there, look around, that actually has the same sort of texture as like, you know, a slice of American cheese that works pretty good, okay? So you can just basically, simply put, just do a egg and cheese sandwich. Now, if I was gonna do an egg and cheese sandwich, I'd probably do um, like a uh, omelet type egg, right? Because I, you know, I don't need the yolk drool when it's just that. I wanna get as much structure as I possibly can, so I'd probably whip together a quick omelet, heat up a, a, a hot pan, and I find that the trick with omelets for me, you can use a nonstick pan, but the move is heat the pan up and let the pan stay hot, then take it off the heat, put down olive oil real quick, then pour the egg on it and rotate that pan so the egg spreads to each side. You don't have to have it on the flame at that point because the pan's already hot, so it's gonna start searing it. And the move when you're cooking eggs is placing the pan on the heat to get it up and moving it off. Place the pan on the heat and move it off. I think that the mistake that I used to make all the time when I was younger and make eggs is I always thought, well, you have to leave the pan on the fire. That's how you cook things. Um, and it blew my mind when I suddenly realized you don't need to do that. It's not the flame that's cooking the egg. It's the heat on the pan that's cooking the egg. And what you're trying to do is control that heat as best possible, as be the best way you possibly can. And the easiest way to lower the temperature to keep it from burning is to take it off the fucking heat. It's the simplest thing to do. And it's also a lot more exciting and fun for you because as you're sort of rotating that egg to cover every uh, square inch of that pan, could you drop it, right? let me start from the beginning. You scramble up that egg, right? You scramble it up. Uh, sometimes I'll throw a little bit of seasoning in with it. If I have some like dried oregano, if I've got a little bit of salt, I know there's a bunch of different scientific, like, uh, you know, there's a bunch of scientific studies out there on whether or not you're supposed to salt the egg when you're stirring it or whether you salt the egg when you put it in the pan. Uh, you choose. It depends on my mood, right? They both, they both taste delicious. Doesn't matter which way I've done it before. So you scramble up those eggs. I throw a little bit of seasoning in there. Uh, dried seasoning is your best friend. And you can get dried seasoning pretty cheap if you go to the right grocery stores. Out here, there is a, like a, it's like a value saver. I forget the name of the place. But there's a bunch of really great spots. If you go to some of the Mexican grocery stores out here in Los Angeles, they have very great discounted little packets of dry seasoning. You want to have that stuff around. That's one of those things that you should have in the cupboard consistently. Because you're always going to fall back on it. And what I have for dry seasonings is I always have uh, garlic powder. I always have or granulated garlic. I always have oregano because I love oregano. Uh, oftentimes, I'll have uh, basil. Oftentimes, I'll have some thyme, which is really great. Pepper, salt. Uh, if you like spicy, if you like to add some spice to your stuff, crushed red pe pepper flakes, very easy to get your hands on. If you want to go a little bit smokier, you can get some paprika. Paprika is really delicious. I use that quite a lot. Um, and then you can get super fancy. Like I even get, every once in a while I go to like a fancy uh, grocery store uh, and I get myself like some pink peppercorns, which are delicious. They're very citrusy. I use those all the time on eggs. 
Um, or you can get super fancy and get yourself all sorts of different salts. So you can get like lava rock salt, which is great on certain things. You can get, that actually works really well on vegetables. You can get um, f- salt flakes. It like, believe it or not, the texture of the salt changes the the taste experience. So you can get as fancy as you fucking want. And the, like all that stuff is like showboating stuff, especially if you've got a date. Maybe uh, you guys spent the night together for the first time and you really want to impress that person the next morning. You want to showboat with some of that stuff. You got a little bit of extra cash in your wallet, right? You can find a lot of those seasonings and spices online discounted. Or I highly support going to your local little grocery there's a study, I just watched a documentary on Netflix last night on aging and how uh, there are certain groups called the blue zones. There are certain groups in the, in the planet that uh, live past the age of 80 into their hundreds. And these folks, one of the things that they all have in common is that they physically go and do things. They physically go shopping. They physically go do stuff with their hands. They make their own meals. So believe it or not, Actually going to the store instead of just being a lazy prick that gets the stuff delivered to your house might save your life, might add years to your life. So go to a store and do it. Uh, Watch that doc on uh, Netflix. It's really great. Um, And so eggs. So let's start here. If I was going to do it, I'd scramble up my eggs or I'd uh, scramble them up and do an omelet or you could do a scramble, which is also really great. But I think the omelet's awesome if it's just an egg on the sandwich because it stays together. It's like one thing. It's not falling apart on you. There's nothing worse than biting into a sandwich and having the shit fly out of the other end, right? You want it to be self-contained. Um, and uh, keep it simple, right? So you do your omelet, you do some cheese, um, and then I would do some seasoning. Uh, it's always great with a little hot sauce, right? There's something about, especially if it's like a vinegary hot sauce, there's something about that vinegar being able to cut through the fat on the cheese. And then uh, uh, you just basically toast whatever sort of bread you're going to have. I like to lightly toast my stuff because I still like the soft and the consistency of, of certain breads. And I'm a fucking weirdo. You'll see me, like, if you're sitting in the kitchen, you'll see me toast bread, and it'll get to a certain point, I'll take it out and put it in the fucking freezer, because I want it to stay at that point. That's how crazy I am about breakfast sandwiches. Um, And then, the next question is, what are you going to put on that bread, right? Because you could just slap the egg down and the cheese down, but it's going to be okay, right? The secret to a great breakfast sandwich is what you put on the bread. Now, you could do a bunch of different things. If you want it to be very, sort of, Ooh, delectable and delicious. And you got some cream cheese in the refrigerator. Like I love chive cream cheese, but oftentimes I'll buy, I always buy the hard cream cheese because I like having the ability to control its consistency. Like when you get the whipped cream cheese, it's always whipped and the longer it's out, it gets runnier quicker. I like hard cream cheese because I can actually put it in a bowl first and start to whip it myself. And if I've got chives, if I've got seasoning, I can add that stuff to the cream cheese so I can make the cream cheese what I want. Now, I know a lot of you are like, holy fuck, you can do that? Yes, and once again, this is showboating. If you're cooking for somebody and they're sitting at the counter with you or they're sitting at an island or they're sitting at a table and watching you work, you can go, what kind of cream cheese do you want? And they go, what do you mean? And you go, well, do you want it a little bit spicy? Do you want it uh, chivey? Do you want it garlicky and you can whip together your own cream cheese right so get yourself one of those blocks or one of those containers that has the hard cream cheese 
and let it sit out for a hot second, and you'll be able to make your own cream cheese, which is epic. So now, if it's me, I've got the omelet, I've got it folded a few times. I like to fold it on the pan so that I know it'll fit into the bread. And there's no rule against you actually cutting the omelet square with a spatula in the pan. You could do that. Make it a little bit bigger, but cut it square and eat those scraps. That's like chef's, that's the chef's treasure. You can eat those scraps. So cut it square, throw a piece of cheese on it, take it off the heat or put it on low heat. You can put a cover on it if you want. Let the cheese melt. Now, while the cheese is melting, you've toasted your stuff. I pulled it out of the freezer for a hot second. I'm a weirdo. And then uh, I'll sit there and I'll start to spread. Now, if you do the cream cheese, it is going to be so delicious. It's very delectable. It's very fatty. You're going to bite into this thing with the egg and the cheese and the cream cheese, and it's going to blow your mind. It's awesome. I don't often do that. I only do that really if I'm doing like an omelet bit. That's really great. I don't often do it if I'm doing like a fried egg, but it works well with an omelet. Um, so let's say we're going to do that. So we spread some cream cheese on one side. The other side, what I love is I love mustard. I love a Dijon mustard. You can do a Dijon mustard on the other side. If you're not a mustard fan, shame on you because it's one of the coolest condiments on the planet. But on the other side, you could put whatever else you want. You could just do uh, hot sauce on that other side. You could do butter on that other side. You can, if you're going to be a real fat ass, you can do, um, let's see, what else would I do on that side? If you had any chutneys or anything, if you get fancy, but let's keep it simple. Let's do Dijon cream cheese. Egg comes off, stick it in the middle. I would usually sprinkle on top a little salt. I'd sprinkle some pepper. If you've got some pink peppercorn, oof, pink peppercorn is magic. Pink peppercorn is magic. If anybody is listening to the show that wants to sponsor me with pink peppercorn, it's magic. That's the one ingredient that you're going to want for every sandwich. I'm telling you. It's very citrusy. It's not very spicy, but it adds such a, an amazing flavor. Sprinkle that on top. Now, if you've got your own garden, which most people don't, but I'm going to bring it up, um, then maybe you've got some fresh aromatics out there. You've got some basil, or you've got some parsley, or maybe you go to the grocery store and you buy fresh basil and parsley and you have it in your refrigerator, or you buy one of those little plants that's sitting over the sink so you can pull basil and parsley from it. That's elevated showboating stuff. You should have those kicking around if you really want to impress people, but maybe you don't have any of that. And remember what I talked about before, you've got those seasoning packets. Maybe you're super broke and every time you go into uh, you know, Tasty Burger, you're grabbing salt and pepper packets and you're putting them in your pocket. You're bringing them home to use for that sort of reason. I get it. It's fine. I've been there. I've been there. So you can sprinkle some more seasoning up on top. Just something to give the mouth a little bit of stuff to play with on top of the fat of the cheese, which is going to help with that fucking hangover and the egg, which is going to give you the substance that you need for that. And then put that fucking sandwich together. Now, depending upon how big it is. Like if you've done a, like a large slice of bread, you want to cut that in half. You don't want it to be a cumbersome sandwich. You don't want someone biting into it and having all the ingredients fall out one way or another. And if you are going to cut into a sandwich that's got a bunch of soft ingredients, make sure you use like a bread knife, right? The, what do they call it? A surrogated knife, the one that has the teeth and slowly pull it through that. You'll get a cleaner cut than if you're trying to force 
uh, a blade or a blunt blade through it. Once again, it's like putting your teeth into a sandwich. It'll just spread the shit all over the place, especially when you got cream cheese, man. You want to just sort of grind through that with a bread knife, cut it in half, put it on a plate, especially if you're going to serve it to someone. If you're going to take it with you and you're going to bring it on that truck for the day, best thing to do is if you've got some tinfoil, wrap it in tinfoil. Wrap it in tinfoil, man. You can wrap it in a very specific way. Just Google search or YouTube search how to wrap sandwiches in tinfoil because the tinfoil will keep it warm and you can slowly unwrap it like a burrito and eat it in the truck. Oh my God, dude. I remember, I think I did that once. I did that once for my crew. You show up to the truck, you feel like a fucking rock star and you come in and you've got a bag, of, like a paper bag uh, with stuff in it and they go, what's that smell? Did you, what did you make? And you go, guys, I made you fucking sandwiches. You want to see a bunch of tough guys suddenly melt? You want to see a bunch of tough guys suddenly go from being like in their fucking mid thirties, late twenties, early forties to suddenly becoming like fucking 12 year old, 13 year old boys in a truck, hand them fucking homemade breakfast sandwiches, dude. I'm telling you. If you want to impress the shit out of your crew, let's say you're working on movies, right? And we talk about movies all the time on In Love With The Process, right? Because we're all film people. We're all photographers. You want to impress your poor grip team. You're going to break some news to them that they need to like rerun cable. Show up with some homemade breakfast sandwiches and give it to them. You know, and have it be special just for them. Hand them a bag and say, don't show the rest of the crew this. But I made you guys some shit. And hand them that. Man, they'll do whatever they need, whatever you need love you're showing love you're showing care you're showing that you respect these people you're showing that you're proud of your work you're proud of your ability to make something and you want to share it with them i'm telling you it's the best thing in the fucking world and it's the easiest thing so we talked about making a very simplistic egg and cheese sandwich now it first time you do it i suggest you don't do it on a day that you got to go to work, do it on a weekend. Do it for a few weekends. Make them for yourself first if you're going to make it for other people. Figure it out. Learn the hardest thing that you're going to learn. Two things. One, prep is your prep is king. Don't start the pan until you have everything prepped. Pull out the cheese, pull out the eggs, crack the eggs, mix the eggs, have them in a bowl, have every ingredient ready to rock. If you have it all ready to go, and if you're real slick, you could prep on a weekend and have it in containers in the refrigerator for you. But if you have everything ready to go, the fucking cheese unwrapped, ready to rock, it's super fast to make. And the big mistake I think that a lot of people do is that when they finally get that, hand, that pan heated up, they start to panic where they're like, oh shit, I didn't get the fucking, and they walk away from the pan. And the eggs are on there burning. Or they walk away and they go, oh, shit, I didn't get the thing out of the thing. And they walk away to grab that. Or how much am I supposed to do? And oh, I got to cut this stuff up. Prep it. If it's prepped for you ahead of time, it's a very relaxing thing to do. Like to make it, the eggs go on there. You can pay attention. Just picture me like swirling my wrist around as I'm holding a pan. And you're watching those eggs go to every corner of that pan. You could just stay there with it which is really nice. Now, of course, you got to keep your eye on the bread because that's got to fucking toast. But you can toast that before, right? No one's saying that the bread needs to be hot. I don't think the bread needs to be hot. It just needs to be toasted, you know? Um, and then if you plan this stuff out, you'll be a fucking hero. Now, let's go back 
to the beginning. Let's go back to what I was saying when I woke up, barely cracked my eyes open, scraped the crust from those corners, like the sun was streaming, I couldn't see anything, I walked into the kitchen hungry like a fucking zombie, needing to crack open a skull and sink my teeth into a brain. I needed to eat. I needed this. And uh, because I've been here quite a few times, right? I'm like in my mid-40s now. I know that whoever I'm with is also going to need the same thing. We're all here. And I know there's a piece of me selfishly inside that knows that this is the best time to do a performance. This is the best time to make something for people and to show them love. So here's my move. I'm going to make them what I love. And I just so happened to have the ingredients partially because I kind of knew we'd be in this situation. So I go in to the fridge and here's what I pull out for ingredients. Eggs. I've got some leftovers in there. I made pork chops the other night. I have a pork chops that I put together. And when I made the pork chops... I bought an extra one, right? And Gina sort of looked at me sideways and she's like, we're really going to eat all these fucking pork chops? And she sort of looked at my belly. Yeah, whatever. So I said, no, 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 no. I'm making an extra pork chop. So I pulled out an old pork chop that was in there. And what's great about when you use ingredients from a prior meal, um, chances are you've done something interesting with that flavor profile wise that you'll never have again. Unless I go through the process of buying the pork chops, making them the exact same way, and storing them for the exact amount of time, and then making a breakfast sandwich. Like I would have to be that kind of psychopath that was doing every step. And I don't need to do that. There's something so much fun about being able to incorporate one-of-a-kind ingredients into a breakfast sandwich. Now, here's what I did with the pork chops. I'm gonna get real nerdy. I do this recipe that I found in an old Italian cookbook where you take a bone in pork chops, you throw them on a pan with some olive oil, and you just sear them. That's it. Salt and pepper, you sear them. They sear real quick, and you get like that really beautiful dark amber crust that's on the outside of that pork chop. Now, it's not fully cooked, but you sear both sides, right? You get that little fat cap edge on the outside, that little bit of fat. Don't cut that off. That's amazing. You get that fat cap edge that's there. You sear that a little bit. It starts to crackle. All that grease starts to fall down in the pan. And then I pull out the pork chops. In the pan goes uh, thinly sliced onions. So I, like, I forget how they, what the actual term for it is, but I don't dice them. I just slice them as like onion rounds. You know what I mean? And they're thinly sliced. So those go in there so that they're long and stringy, which is great because then they catch your fork and they're part of the thing when you eat them. Love that. Onion goes in there. Some garlic, thinly sliced garlic. Garlic goes in there, right? I've now cut up, I've bought grapes. <laughs> but stay with me. I've bought white grapes. Those are cut up. Those are tossed in there. In there goes some red wine. In there goes some fresh herbs. I put in some rosemary because I'm a huge rosemary nerd. I put in uh, white wine, some sugar. That stuff starts to simmer down. That starts stuff, it, it, as it reduces, it becomes sweet. It becomes sticky. Can you imagine what this tasted like on the pork chops? 
And so then once it gets to a certain point, right, I'm adding a little bit of chicken broth to sort of keep it just enough fluid in there. Then I throw the pork chops in and they simmer in that motherfucker. They simmer in that sweet, tacky, tasty flavor. They were delicious pork chops, but even better, I had all those leftovers. I had some grapes. I had some onions. Excuse me. I had all of that left in my pork chop. So when I pulled that out of the refrigerator and I pulled the seal on that tub aware, in there is this really beautiful uncut pork chop with all that really great toppings on it. And it's sort of congealed because it's been in the refrigerator. And what's great about leftovers is that their flavors intensify. Something happens when they're in the refrigerator where the flavors get even more intense. So it's sweet. You can taste the onion. I'm excited. So I pull out the pork chop and I'm fucking beaming, right? Because the plan's coming together already. So I pull out that pork chop, let it sit on the counter, grab a big package of eggs because I'm making a few. Now I've got... Um, I got it from like, I, I don't want to mention all these company names. I got it from like one of the local markets that we all use, but there is this, uh, sourdough bread. That's beautiful. It's a larger loaf. It's about widthwise. It's about two hands wide, right? Big sandwich. So I grabbed that guy out and now in, because it's sourdough, it's got a lot of holes in it. It's got a lot of gaps in it. And, uh, some of that's, sometimes that's great but I know what I'm going to do with the eggs and we'll get to that in a minute. So I then reach into uh, the cheese part of the refrigerator and I pull out two things. I pull out the trusty old American cheese slices, got those guys ready to rock. And I've also got Munster cheese in there. And what I love about Munster cheese is that it's very similar to a mozzarella, but it holds together a lot. It's a lot firmer. It's a stringy cheese, but it's a lot firmer. And so what I often will do is I'll lay that mozzarella over a sourdough or a bread that has a lot of holes in it. And slightly when I toast it, I'll melt that cheese slightly so that it seals those holes, seals those gaps. So you can actually put food on top of it. See what I'm saying? And so grab the sourdough, grab the cheese, throw the slices of mozzarella on, toss those in the toaster. Just getting them slightly crunchy, get that cheese slightly melted, Right. So that's in there running. I then take my pork chops and I cut them up. So I cut them off the bone and then I cut them into very thin slices that are the thickness of the pork chop. And these pork chops are probably about an inch and a half thick. So cutting them into like very, very thin slices. Now this is all my prep. The pan isn't even on the fucking stove yet, dude. So I'm slicing these guys up. Now, since I'm not heating anything up right now, there are no smells in the kitchen, so the place is still quiet. So I'm doing all this prep and no one even knows I'm working on it. Slice all those up, almost to the thickness of like a shaved steak sandwich, right? So now we have all these thin slices of pork and it's easy to cut that thin because it's cold, right? So it holds its shape better. I put those in a, in a plate ready to rock and I put the onions in the leftover grapes in their own little bowl ready to be heaten up. Okay, so what do we got? We got that. I've got some fresh basil on the plant over the sink. So I pull those guys up, dice those up really thin, have that ready to go, put it in a little bowl. That's good to go. I run into the cat, the cupboard. I grab my flake salt. I grab pink peppercorn, put that out on the counter, open those up. Those are ready to go. Then let's see, what else did I add to that sandwich? Got that. Oh, 
the toaster just went off. So let's pull that bread out. I pulled them quickly. So it's not, it's not getting black. It's not really browning. It's just crunchy, but it's still kind of hot. I don't need to stick this in the freezer. It's fine. I'll put it on a plate on the counter. Those are ready to go. Now, I know that there's going to be a lot of fat in the sandwich. And I also know the power, when you make pork chops, the power of mustard with pork. It's awesome, especially if you're doing sweet. The sweet, like if you ever do like a, a honey mustard or like a, a Dijon and honey and uh, white wine uh, pork chop, oh my God, it's delectable. I also love mustard with eggs. So I'm going to grab the Dijon out. And while I'm sitting there, I'm going to spread that Dijon and cover the whole dry side of that bread. I'm going to put that on the whole dry side. Okay, great. Good to go. Now, what's the plan? Well, I got to heat up the pork, right? And I've got to uh, have that ready to rock. So let's do that quick. So I pull out a nonstick pan. Now I'm starting the flame. In the pan, I throw a little bit of olive oil. And then I toss a little bit of fresh cut up garlic because I want to get that garlic smell onto this pork. Because as you cut into the pork chops, you make it into slices, most of the flavor was on the outside of that pork chop. So I want to be able to add a quick flavoring to the inside of these cuts, right? So I throw into the oil a little bit of garlic. Now what's happening is that you're starting to get that smell. You're starting to get those sounds. So it's a quiet, quiet house on a Saturday morning. And you start to hear that Look at me doing ASMR. And so I've got that running. And you do it quick, right? Take that pan off the heat. and You just put the garlic in there just to start to flavor the oil. Then all the slices, I start laying them in individually. This is the love process, right? So I've got a big surface of pan and I'm just laying each slice of pork in that pan. Boom, 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 boom. Stick it on the heat again. Starts to simmer. Keep your eye on it because they're very, very thin slices. You don't want to overcook these. You don't want them to be chewy, too chewy. Some chew is great in a sandwich, but not too chewy. So those are running. You do one side. And as they start to curl, they're starting to curl, right? You flip them over, and then on top of them, I toss in all the leftover stuff. I toss in the uh, grapes, I toss in the onions, I toss in whatever sauce that's left over, and that starts to melt down onto the pork. And to add a little bit more, what I'll do is I'll take some Dijon mustard, pour that in a bowl. I've got some leftover chicken broth. Whenever you have chicken broth in the fridge, it's always your friend. I throw that in the bowl, mix it up a little bit so it's very watery, toss that mustard down on top of those onions and of those grapes, and it just simmers for a moment. And it's simmering in that very delectable, juicy, flavorful sauce, right? You let that cook down a little bit. Oh my God, I'm getting so hungry saying this. It cooks down a little bit, and then you take it off the heat. You take off all of those pork bits, and I like to put them on a prep... Well, actually, no, you, you could put them on a prep plate if you want to build the sandwiches individually, but I'm only doing a few sandwiches. So I'll take those pork pieces over and I'll start to lay them on one side of the bread. So I'm starting to stack them up, right? Boom, 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 boom. And you lay them out, you lay them out pretty high because it's, it's delicious and you want this. This is, the, this is the magic, man. This is the treasure chest that you're probably not going to have again. I mean, think about all the combinations of stuff that I had to get here. This is why I equate cooking to filmmaking, right? Because you, 
if you're a good director, you're actually bringing in all these outside elements, a lot of crazy things that come together that may never come together the same way again. And that's what makes magic in cinema. That's, you know, the, the combination of this actor's schedule being open and suddenly you have this actor and oh, you got this location. There was no reason why you got this location. Or maybe on, on set during a lunch break, uh, you talked to some guy in a parking lot and that guy told his story to the actor and the actor went, oh my God, I like the way he limps. And that's going to end up in this movie. That's what makes fucking making movies so much fucking fun is that it comes out of the it comes out of the ethos man and if you're open to it and you allow it in you can make something amazing and it's the same fucking thing with breakfast sandwiches can you see how passionate i am about this i love it so now I'm, I'm, as i'm laying these pork pieces down on that bread the kitchen smells like it, it smells so good it smells like garlic and i know gina garlic is like Whenever she smells, <laughs> whenever I'm cooking and I've got oil on a pan and I put in garlic and onion, she goes, oh my God, that smells amazing. <laughs> I haven't even got to the good stuff yet. So I know she's stirring. I know that bear's in there kicking around. Like maybe she's kicked her legs under the covers a few times and she's rolled over the other way. She's stirring in there. Those, that, that aroma's leaking out of the kitchen and into the bedroom. And I hear her moan. Oh, Right? as the effects and the results and the responsibility of the night before come flooding into her senses. Uh, right? I love it. Makes me laugh. I laugh in the kitchen. I might do a yell out. How you doing in there, sweetie? Uh, right? I love it. So I'm in there laying out the pork. Get those sandwiches looking great. Now I'll take some of that basil or what you can use anything else. Like if, if you've got some leftover rosemary, you throw some rosemary on top of that. Texture those sandwiches with all that pork, all that really good stuff. Now it's just sort of sitting there. It's okay. It can sit there while you work. It's fine. That's why I'm working in this order. The last thing I do is the eggs because the eggs you want fucking hot. The rest of it doesn't need to be. So I'm laying those all out in those sandwiches. Now it's time to prep the eggs. Now, um, I am very much a fan of, especially if I've got a protein, like a meat on uh, an egg sandwich. And even if, okay, let's say that you don't eat meat, but you eat eggs, uh, you could do the same thing with mushrooms. So what I like to throw over the special little protein is a slightly like over easy, very runny, um, crispy fried egg. It's the move. It's the move, okay? So the best way to do this, uh, and I've done an episode of In Love With The Process with Frankie, the chef who is the master of crispy fried eggs. I learned from him, even though he was kind of a dick on the show. I learned this whole method from him. So uh, what I like to do is I'll take, you don't need a nonstick pan. I just grab your standard uh, steel pan or, uh, you know, chef's plan, like very basic. You could do it on a nonstick too, but I find it works better if it's not. You take a pan, you throw it on the heat, right? And you let it sit there on the heat, nothing. Just throw it on the heat, like a medium high. Let it get to, let it get to temp. You, what I would have been doing, and I missed this step as I explained it to you, is that I probably would have put it on a flame while I was putting the pork on sandwiches so that it gets up to temperature, right? This is a Saturday sandwich. We're not hurrying to get out of the house. So how do you know if the pan's up to temp? I simply just do this. I run my fingers under uh, cold water 
or warm water, and then I walk over the pan and I flick the water onto the pan, and if it sizzles off the pan, the pan's to temp, right? So here's the move. Get your eggs. Now, there's a bunch of different schools of thought. I have used the cheapest eggs that I found in a grocery store and made a sandwich like this, and it's amazing. My buddy Mike, uh, Voltran, who has done all the music scoring for 12 Cam and everything, all my movies, he's an egg nerd. He likes to get like those like very like neon yellow yolk, like blue egg. He loves them, and they're delicious. You can do either. The egg nerd way is kind of expensive. The standard way is fine. The move is this. I get a bowl, small bowl, carefully. I crack each egg that I'm going to do, and I just slightly drop it in the bowl without breaking the yolk, right? And you haven't even gone over to the pan yet. It's still warming up. So I find with a sandwich as big as I'm doing, which like I said, it's a big old piece of sourdough. It's about two hands wide, like if you, if you lay your hands down. It's about that wide. It's a big fucking sandwich. So I will do, generally, I think you can get away with two eggs on that sandwich. So what I do, prep it in the bowl, have those two eggs cracked, ready to go. Now, make sure you bring over to the stove a few items. Your salt, olive oil. Um, If you're going to use any sort of seasoning on the egg itself, have those laid out there. You might want to do a little oregano, a little dried oregano, and that would be great. If you don't like oregano, a little dried basil would be great. Uh, if you want to add some spice to it, a little red pepper flake is great, right? Have those ready to rock right there. So take the pan off the heat, put olive oil in the pan, and you'll see the olive oil spread pretty quick. It gets really loose. And as that olive oil starts to slightly smoke, you don't want to, boil, you don't want to burn it. That's why I'm taking it off the fucking heat. You don't want to burn it. It starts to slightly smoke. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. When you start to put something in the pan like raw egg, it lowers the temperature immediately. So when you start to get that light smoke that's happening, to keep the oil from burning, you just put the egg in the pan. Now, here's the trick. I pick the pan up. I hold it. I tilt it slightly to the side. And then I carefully pour those two cracked eggs out of the bowl into that tilted side of the pan. And what's great is those eggs sort of make almost like a half moon shape as they land in the pan there. And you let them sit for a second and that initial pour, whatever egg goes in there first, starts to solidify. Then I take that, slide it back on the heat, put that heat on a medium and let those eggs fucking sit there. You let them sit there. Now, I season them, right? So you throw a little salt on them while they're still moist. You can throw a little bit of uh, your pink peppercorn, if you get that. Throw that right on there and you let them sit. Now, what I like to use, especially if it's not a nonstick pan, which it shouldn't be, is I have a metal spatula. I've got one of those like metal, very thin fish spatulas, which are great. Um, But if you try to move that egg too early, you're gonna break up the yolk. You're gonna break up the white part. It's just gonna fall apart. I know it doesn't make any sense, but you just let it sit there. And if you haven't done a crispy egg before, you should probably practice this. It took me about one or two times to really sort of figure it out. And every time I fucked it up was because I touched it too early. So you let it sit there. You keep your eye on it. 
and that bottom starts to crisp up. Now, if you want to be extremely gluttonous like I am, I go over and I grab that American cheese slice that I have. Mm-hmm. I take that American cheese slice and I open it up or it's already open and I, I pull it apart into little strips and I carefully lay those strips over the yolk and over the egg. Just lay them on top and let that plasticky Barbie fucking cheese melt down onto the egg. Ugh. Now, keep your eye on the uh, egg itself. You'll start to see the edges of it curling up, and you'll start to see that it starts to brown a little bit. Now, what I do is I carefully take that metal spatula, and I press down hard, and I start to scrape underneath that egg. Now, if the egg is being temperamental, stop scraping. Give it some more time. Because what happens is, is as it crisps up, it breaks away from the pan. You don't want to fucking destroy that egg. So you keep your eye on it, man. You, you got to be with it. This is the most attentive that you're into the whole process. Slowly scrape that egg off that pan and it'll break away. It'll do its good thing. And here's what's great. When you think you're burning it, you're not. And all those crispy bits that the egg forms underneath, they taste like fucking bacon. Because of the oil, because of the fats, they taste like bacon. You want those. You want those. And another trick that I've seen is that as you lay the egg, if you, if you leave the egg on there, another dead giveaway is you start to see these little bubbles forming in the white parts of the egg towards the center. You start to see little air bubbles sort of show up, little gaps show up. It's cooking, right? It's good. So what I do, let it sit there. Cheese melts. The bottom gets fucking perfect, Right. I scrape it off, I walk the pan over to the sandwiches, and because it's that half moon shape, because you've tilted your pan, I'm able to lay that egg right on that sourdough. It looks like it fits perfectly. It looks like it was made for it. That egg sits right there on the sourdough. Whew. It's beautiful. Now, what I haven't mentioned is that I've been so hyper-focused on the pan and on the egg, I didn't notice that another zombie an old bear <laughs> climbed in to the kitchen walked through the doorway had to hold on to the door frame as gravity started to kick her ass oh right i was so hyper focused didn't notice that she had entered what is this right <laughs> <laughs> you think i'm exaggerating and in she comes oh Pulls out a stool at our little center counter. What did we do last night? I go, oh, we were out. We were out late. Now, meanwhile, I'm in just as much pain. But, you know, the machismo, the, the director in me is like, oh, but I have control over my senses because I am so completely engrossed in what I'm doing right now. And she sits there, rubs her eyes a few times. And it doesn't really occur to her yet. What is this smell? <laughs> and she opens her eyes, and sitting in front of her on that table are these two sandwiches that are stacked with pork. And she looks at them, and she goes, oh, what is this? <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, the senses flow back in. What, what, what is this? And I go, ooh, it's special. I'm making you something this morning. And she goes, oh, my God, I love it when you make sandwiches, Right? I love it when you make sandwiches. Yes, we're going to have some tasty breakfast sandwiches, sweetie. And then I walk over 
with that pan, right? She's sitting there and she sees that perfectly made crispy egg. And I pull it out and I just scrape it right off and I lay it on top of the bread. And she literally just leans across the table. The only sounds in the kitchen are the leftover sizzles of that egg and the sounds of copious amounts of drool dripping down on the floor as she leans across and just looks right at it. Oh my God, right? Yes, Those, the little yoke that hasn't been broken yet. Yes, are you ready? And she goes, oh, please, I'm, I'm excited. What is this? And I go, okay. Then the best part is when you talk through it. This is the leftover pork. This is what I did. It's got some monster on there. And I see the drool and just the, just the look, just, just the want. And I'm like, and, and then we have done a little bit of mustard on the outside. And she goes, oh, my God. And the, then we've got this. <gasps> yeah. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all here. It's all here. Are you ready for it? She goes, yeah. She goes, what about yours? I go, uh-uh. The way that this works is that I want this egg hot for you. So you're going to eat yours while I make mine. And she goes, oh, my God. And then you can sort of accoutrement it in front of her. You can ask for things. You can say, would you like a little hot sauce on it? Yes, please. Okay, great. Would you like a little bit of pink peppercorn? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you throw some more of that on that? Yep, I got that for you. And here, here's some extra basil flakes. We'll put those on top. Oh, my God. Okay, great. Now she's engrossed and she's ready. She's ready, right? She's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Don't go to the bathroom. It's the best part. Okay. So she's sitting there. I put the top of the bread right up on top of it now. Now, let me warn you. A sandwich like this is always great to eat before you shower, <laughs> before you start your day, right? Because here's the thing, like any good horror movie, it's going to get gory. It's going to get messy. This is what makes it delicious, right? Like Winnie the Pooh dipping his round little fucking paws into a honey pot and getting it all over him. Get fucking ready. So she sits there, she's ready to rock, and I grab that bread knife, and I just slowly start sawing it over the bread. And you just see the little crust. Like if I was shooting at super slow motion, which I have with the Dale Strong thing, you've seen that. As you start to cut it slowly, you see all those particles. And as it's pushing its way through, through the holes on the top piece of the bread, you could see the little yolk like it's just ready to pop, like ready to pop in there. And it's squeezing its way through one of those holes in the bread. You start to break through those eggs, right? And the yolk sort of explodes and it just starts to drool and it's falling over all of those pieces of pork. It's running through every little nook and cranny and filling it all up and pooling around the, the base of that sandwich as you continue to cut through all that pork Take your fucking time. Steady your hand. Make sure the sandwich stays together. Cut all the way down and then spread that sandwich. Open it up. Push, like, move those two slices so that you can see the lineage, right? You can see the years of experience, like a tree trunk that are in there. The egg, the cheese, the pork, the pork, the pork, the egg. Oh, and so... You finish it off, and you pick up the plate, and you present it to her. I'm telling you right now, if you do this for anybody you love, and it doesn't need to be someone you're sleeping with, it doesn't need to be your significant other, this could be someone that you're working with, this could be a guest that's staying in your home, 
you hand that plate across that person, they're going to look at that plate. They're going to be transfixed on that plate. And then they're going to raise their eyes and they're going to look at you. And they're going to look at you with the same look that they gave their mother when they were kids. They're going to look at you with love. And you're going to feel that love. You're going to feel it. And I tell you, man, there is nothing better than standing back and watching her as she puts her hands around that bread. And she's like, this is going to get messy. And I go, yeah, don't worry. We got some paper towels. You'll be fine. And so she picks it up and the egg is drooling. It's drooling over her hands and over her fingers. And she smells it. And she takes that first bite. And one of the reasons why I love to feed Gina is that she's such, she experiences everything with such excitement, such ferocity. That's why I love her so much. And she just opens her mouth. That mouth opens and she tries to cram the biggest bite that she can get in there. And as she starts to chew through it, a series of chemicals push and like, like flow through her body, flow through her mouth, throw through her hands. And she has like this orgasmic sort of lean back, eyes closed, slow crunch, crunch. Oh, crunch as she crunches through the pink peppercorns and they release all the citrus crunch. She crunches into the cheese and that starts to stick to the roof of her mouth. Oh, she crunches down and she's chewing through the pork and then the sweet starts to stab her tongue and she just goes, oh my God. That's why I make a fucking sandwich. That's why I make a breakfast sandwich. That is like, other than, other than having sex with somebody is the closest thing to giving them that kind of response. That kind of response. I love it. And I guarantee you, because I, I've had this conversation with Gina since, the first time I made her a breakfast sandwich was game-changing for us as a, as a couple. Uh, and then ever since then, she's always judging it based upon the last sandwich. Oh, my God. This one's even better than the last one. This one isn't as good as the last one that you make. I like it when you do the ham slices. That one's really great. Oh my God, how did you make this one with corned beef hash? And what is this? I love it. It is the coolest thing in the world to do for your partner. It is the coolest thing in the world to do for your friends. It is the coolest thing in the world to do for yourself. Truth be told, I made myself a breakfast sandwich the other day. And it was the best sandwich that I've ever made myself. And I sat down and on my own in the kitchen like a crazy person, I moaned and orgasmed my way through this sandwich because I love myself too. <laughs> oh, how's that? How's that for you, right? Are you in? Do you like this? Uh, because this kind of conversation is the kind of conversation that I'm going to have with guests on the show. I'm going to talk specifically about sandwiches that I make. And uh, I don't know how often we're going to do this segment, but we'll try to do it as often as possible. Make this show fun for folks that also like food. Because uh, it's not just about filmmaking. It's not just about making movies. It's not just about making music. It's not just about art, man. It's about appreciating life. And this love sandwich segment makes a lot of sense when we're talking about our show, which is in love with the process. I love the process of making people fucking happy because when I make you happy and I help you feel better, I feel better about myself. It's a selfish thing. Now, the other thing that's going to be great about this is that we're going to be getting sponsors for this segment that are very specifically food-based. And I'm excited about that. Food-based, culinary-based, because... 
the tools that you have in your kitchen are more important than the tools that you have for filmmaking. And I know I'm going to piss a lot of my other sponsors off by saying that, but I tell you this, man, having great tools in the kitchen makes your sandwiches taste better. They just fucking do. And there's a lot of tricks of the trade that we'll talk about as we sort of go through this love sandwich segment. But um, one of the most important tools, the most important tool, like if I didn't have the right bread knife to cut through that sandwich, it would have destroyed it. And I've done that. I've ruined sandwiches. And it's like someone tearing your fucking heart out, right? And you you need to make sure you got a good knife. Now, I like to have, I've got quite a few knives because, you know, if you guys follow my work and you've seen my stuff on Instagram, you know that a few years ago I was known as the knife guy. I would make knife videos for knife companies. I was the guy that was doing super slow motion knife videos, all sorts of really great stuff. COVID happened, everything sort of happened and that sort of fell off the mark. I should probably do that again, by the way. Um, But I've I've got a really great collection of knives from my buddies over at Dale Strong. Now, uh, many of you think, well, a chef's knife, those are fucking expensive. That's like three, $400. Why would I do that? Well, sure, you could get your hands on a three, $400 chef's knife, fine. Or you can get your hands on a very competent, very sharp, very safe, well-balanced knife from Dale Strong. Now, they basically, if you go to dalestrong.com, check out their homepage, and their chef's knife, their eight-inch Chef's knife is only 75 bucks, man. And I think you get 10% off when you first come to the website, which is really great. Um, and you can't go wrong with a, with a great 8-inch chef's knife. $75, man, that's nothing. That's nothing. Now, you can get fancier ones. I've got some really fancy blades from them, and those can get really expensive. And, you know, what is the difference between blades? Well, there's a, there's a knife for every task. Like, if you're someone in the kitchen that is really getting nerdy about, like, boning fish, you probably want a fish boning knife. If you're getting nerdy about cutting certain vegetables, it's all about weight and balance, really. And the better balance the knife is in your hand, the, the least chance you're going to have to cut your fucking fingers off. And if you've got a great sharp knife, you'll be able to cut those onions to the right thickness. You'll be able to cut that pork to the right thickness. You won't be like cramming some fucking steak knife and just destroying the meat. Texture is everything when it comes to biting into a sandwich. I'm telling you. So Dale Strong, check them out. Go to dalestrong.com. They have great tools for cooking up there. Not only do they have knives, but they have kitchen essentials. They have uh, all sorts of stuff, cheese, like graters, kitchen scissors, cutlery, uh, the knife blocks, knife rolls. They're a great company. Love these guys. I've been, fa- I've been fans with them for years. Um, and we're pushing them to sponsor this segment. This is a free ad read for Dale Strong. That's how much I like them right now. And here's what I'm going to ask of you right now. Do me a favor. Go to Dale Strong's Instagram page. So it's just Dale Strong, D-A-L, Strong, right? And on any of their posts, write, please sponsor Mike's Love Sandwiches segment. Just do it. We're going to alert them to the fact that we need them on our show. Here's what's really funny is I'm looking at their latest post, and it's actually my knife piece that I did for them. Ah, pretty cool. Um, all right. So 
Dale Strong on Instagram. Go there and uh, let them know, man. And buy yourself a good, when you have a little bit of extra money, and how much money do you spend on fucking delivery, right? How many of you, raise your hands. How many of you get Uber Eats? Raise your hands, right? Here's something. I'm never going to get Uber Eats as a sponsor. Here's something for you guys to think about. Next time you get Uber Eats, actually go to the website of the restaurant that you're ordering from and compare prices. Because even though these apps like to say, hey, we're throwing in free delivery or you're getting discounted delivery or the delivery is only costing a certain amount of money, you'll notice that they up the amount for every item on that menu. So suddenly, what normally would be if you weren't so fucking lazy and you went to the store yourself or you went to the restaurant yourself or you went and did pickup instead of delivery, uh, you would notice that they're adding like two, three, four dollars per meal. You know what I'm saying? So a meal that you would normally get, right? Maybe you bought out here in LA, food is so fucking expensive. Maybe you bought yourself and your girlfriend uh, some dishes, some value dishes from some Thai place, right? Normally that would run you for the both of you, about 40 bucks, 45 bucks, right? Next thing you know, with delivery, it's 65, 75, $85. And you're like, how the fuck does this happen? <sighs> Look into that. There's a tip for you. Check it out. And oftentimes, these restaurants will actually deliver without Uber Eats or anything like that. And they have someone on staff that'll bring it to you. And then all you're paying them is $4. One of the th I'm on a tangent here. One of the things I noticed out here in Los Angeles is that pizza out here is pretty terrible. Uh, you're always looking for a good pizza spot, and the only places that are any good are the spots, well, generally, the, the rumor is that the only places out here that are any good are the spots that are like these elevated, sort of hipstery, uh, advanced kind of pizza places, right, that you go to. And uh, you go, you order a couple of slices or you order a couple of, of, of pies, as they say, and you get like just cheese and maybe fucking pepperoni. And the next thing you know, the cost of that goddamn thing is like $40. And you're like, it's a fucking cheese pizza, bro. $40 for that fucking cheese pizza? You out of your mind? And then you get fucking delivery on top of that. And then it's like ridiculously expensive. Well, Gina and I found a local place because I did this trick. Instead of doing Uber Eats, like so many of you lazy people do, I went and I looked around for a local pizza spot and I went to their website. Turns out that the pizza place delivers. They have a guy on, on staff that actually still does delivery at that place. And so instead, same fucking place, instead of buying it through Uber Eats and literally paying at least $30 with the delivery charges and the up of everything that they were doing, it cost me $4 to get delivered. From the pizza place there's a little tip for you and uh mike's never gonna get an uber eats fucking sponsorship <laughs> it seems like that's my plan on this segment is to knock out a lot of these big guys to ever give me a sponsorship <laughs> anyway i hope you guys are enjoying the love sandwich segment there are a few more in the can i'm excited we've got uh, some directors telling us about what their favorite sandwiches are. I've got porn stars telling us about what their favorite sandwiches are. And so I will be releasing these on occasion. I think they'll probably come out on Thursdays and uh, they'll be mixed in with all the other really cool segments. And if this show catches fire, then we'll do it full time. 
we'll do it bigger. So if you like this idea and you like the love sandwich segment and you want to get into more food stuff, uh, go to my Instagram at Mike Petchy or go to the In Love With The Process pod Instagram. So that's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. And just leave me a comment under one of the posts and say, hey, man, love it. Absolutely love it. And if you haven't done so yet, you should become a super fan of the show. You should become a super fan of my work. If you go to inlovewiththeprocess.com, there is a super fan section up there ready to go. Uh, and in that section, I'm going to be putting up all sorts of really cool movie stuff, but I'll also be putting up recipes and posts for stuff that have to do with love sandwiches. So go check out the um, section for super fans on inlovewiththeprocess.com. Sign up, get your email, because uh, then what we'll be doing is a bunch of email blasts letting people know when we're releasing stuff at the same time. It's very exciting. Hopefully, this will become something bigger and fun and exciting. And I know how many of you have been drooling over my food posts on Instagram and have been like, Mike, give us recipes. Tell us how to do stuff. I will. And I am not a trained cook. I am not a trained chef. I'm just going to give you the disclaimer. I am just a guy that has learned to love cooking. And I've been taught by some really amazing professionals over the years of working with chefs and directing commercials and working with folks and then just coming up in an, an Italian-Irish family where all we give a shit about is what we're eating and the food that we eat and the food that we love. And so you're talking to a boy that at this point has over 35 years of experience cooking and making food. So that's it, man. Those are my credentials. Hope you guys dig it. Hope you guys love the show. Thank you for listening. And uh, let me start up that track again here. I'm going to cut this up so that it's nice as we push in these episodes. And I think this is going to be our theme song for Love Sandwiches. Mitch Murder, crushing it as always. Love this track. It's a song called Melting Point off of his Selection 3 album. And of course, you know, melting. You get it? Melting cheese? Hehehe. <laughs> 